Good morning, everybody. I don't know about you, but I like songs that tell me how to dance. I love to dance, but I'm not really a great dancer. Some of you have seen me at weddings or at camp or in my car, and you can confirm this fact. So I love it when I'm at a public event and there's dancing and a song comes on that tells me just what to do. To the right, 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 to the left, to the left, to the left, to the left, to the left. Yes, I love those kinds of songs. They make it so easy. You just do what they tell you to do. How about you put your right arm in, you put your right arm out, you put your right arm in and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around like simple. You just do what the song says to do. Square dancing's like that. Swing your partner around and round, do si do and bow to your corner. Simple. My personal favorite is watch me whip. Now watch me whip, whip, watch me nay nay. Boom. Every time. Those songs are great. They're so helpful. And the song that we're going to look at today does the same thing for us. It's going to make things real easy for you. It's going to call you into the presence of God, give you instructions about what you should do when you get there, and give us reasons why God is worthy of our praise in the first place. So listen to this psalm now. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is one of the imperatives. You remember that word imperative from back in the day when you took grammar lessons? The imperative mood is the kind of speech that we use to give commands. We say things like, pass me that corn dog, or don't touch my corn dog. Or you tell someone, go to the store and buy some more corn dogs. Um, Psalm 100 doesn't have anything to say about corn dogs per se, but it does give commands and, and instructions for worshiping God. In this Psalm, we hear imperatives like shout and worship, approach that's come before him, enter his gates and give thanks. But it's not a demanding kind of command, like some drill sergeant barking orders. It's a joyful invitation. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. This worship environment that they're calling us into sounds like a pretty fun place to be. Sounds like the kind of place I would love to come and lift up my praise to God. Some Psalms in the Psalm book focus on the strength and the might of God, which is important. And some Psalms focus on the power of God and his justice, his, his zero tolerance policy for evil and for sin. And that's, that's something that's important to know about too. But this kind of Psalm tells us that what we ought to know about God is his goodness, that he's the one who made us. We are his sheep. He cares for us. He's good and faithful and his love endures forever. Kind of reminds me of a scene in the Chronicles of Narnia when the Pevensey children are first learning about Aslan, a character in the story who has a lot in common with Jesus. And I don't think that that was an accident. Mr. Beaver says to them, Aslan is a lion. He's the lion. He's the great lion. And Susan says, ooh, I, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, Mr. Beaver says. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And that's what this psalm tells us we need to know about God. Yes, 
He's great. Yes, he's powerful, but he's good. He's faithful. He is love. The Hebrew preacher puts the invitation to worship God like this. Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. These imperative psalms serve as great call to worship texts. In Israel's day, you might have heard this psalm as you ascended the stairs to the temple in Jerusalem to enter God's house and to worship him and to bring your sacrifices. In churches today, we agree our worship assembly. They frame what we're going to do here and who our worship is aimed at. But we need to know they're not just imperatives for public gathered worship times, as in you can only worship God on Sundays or only during a worship service or only when you're gathered together with the church people. That's not, that's not it. It's a call to worship the Lord every day. You wake up in the morning and you wonder, okay, what am I going to do today? This Psalm tells you, it says you're going to express joy. You're going to give thanks. You're going to know God's love for you and his care over you. And we sometimes think we can only praise God when our current feelings match the words that we're saying or singing. And there have definitely been times in my life when I've rolled into church feeling not happy, not particularly loved, or like the last thing in the world I want to do is sing joyful songs. But, but look carefully at Psalm 100. The imperatives in the psalm don't say, manufacture a smile, or pretend like everything is okay so you don't people around. What does it say? It says, enter into worship. Shout. Give thanks. Remember what you know to be. Just like believe is less about what you think and more about what you do, there's an active component to worship that doesn't depend on your feelings or what kind of a day you're having. You just do it. They're actions. You may not feel like dancing at someone's wedding, but you should. You may think that the Cupid Shuffle is a ridiculous thing to do, but here, we'll make it easy on you, is what the song says. We'll tell you exactly what you should do, and we'll do it with you. I said earlier that I like it when dance songs have instructions. I like being invited into dances where you don't have to be the one to figure out what's supposed to happen next. It's not your dance, after all. You didn't make up the twist or the boot scootin' boogie. It's an established thing that already exists, and you simply get invited to participate in it. I think worshiping God in a way. We are called into the presence of God and invited to participate in something that was established long before we ever put on our dancing shoes. An image of God that's been around for hundreds of years but has made a more popular resurgence in recent years is that of the perichoresis, the divine dance between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And our word choreography, which is an intentional dance routine, has the same root word as perichoresis. It's about the three distinct persons of the Trinity working perfectly in step with each other. They're giving, receiving, both contributing and submitting at the same time. And that's the nature of God. And God invites us to dance with him, to be in his presence, praising the God and Father of creation who's both strong and loving, and to follow in the steps of Jesus the Son who taught us and showed us how to do the steps, and to be in step with the Spirit. This is what Paul says in Galatians 5. Since we live by the Spirit, we in step with the Spirit. What does that look like, Paul? Bearing the fruit of the Spirit. 
love, joy, peace, patience. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So ask yourself, what kind of music are you dancing to? And when in your life do you feel most in step with God's Spirit? For me, it's, it's similar to like when I'm dancing at a wedding. I'm most in step when I listen for the instructions. When I'm doing what the imperative psalms invite me to do, when I'm living joyfully, giving thanks, entering into God's presence with praise and prayer, and also just knowing about his goodness, then I'm in step. When I'm intentional about these things, of what I'm supposed to be doing, how I'm supposed to be living, and I'm not just trying to make up dance moves on my own. I'm more in step with God because I'm living joyfully. I'm knowing that God has given me what I need in Christ. I recently heard a minister on a podcast say that he starts out his day when he's walking his dog, telling himself over and over again, I have everything I need. I have everything I need. And he's not just talking about his dog and his coffee. He's talking about the basics that we often take for granted. I've got breath in my lungs. I've got a mind and a body that functions like it's supposed to, for the most part. And there's a new day that I've never had before. It's a gift. I have everything I need. Sometimes I'm so busy chasing after the things that I don't have or fretting about the things that I can't control that I forget this. I forget that in Christ I have a father who loves me. I have a church family who can't get rid of me. I have forgiveness for all of my past and future missteps. And I've got a secured future in Christ. These are good reminders. So I want to encourage you as we consider this psalm today and throughout this week, I want you to do two things for me. Number one, I want you to, next time you're at a wedding, I want you to dance. I want you to get out on the dance floor. And you might say, nothing doing. Uh, don't hold your breath, Jacob. But do it anyway. Don't, you won't have to wait long before there's a song that tells you what you're supposed to do. Just get out there and do it. And let it be a reminder the next time you do that we are called as Christians to live joyfully and to be in step with God's spirit. And the second thing that I want you to do, this will probably happen sooner, then the first thing is I want you to start every day this coming week by reading Psalm 100 out loud. I want this to be your mantra. I want, like this minister who walked his dog and said, I have everything I need. I have everything I need. I want this to be a reminder to you that this is what we are called to do. This is how to live. These steps, these are our marching orders. These are our divine instructions for how to live in step with God's spirit. We are to shout for joy. We are to worship God. We are to know that he is God, that he is good, that his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And we are to give thanks. I think a lot of times we forget to give thanks. I've told you this before, but I'll say it again. I have a friend of mine who whenever he's frustrated or angry or just feeling uh, you know, like the world is out to get him or that nobody's cooperating with him, he stops goes off by himself and he takes out a piece of paper and he writes down 10 things that he's thankful for. My car, my health, my daughter, my coffee, my wife, my house, anything. And he says if he gets to the end of the list and he's still feeling angry and frustrated, he flips the paper over and he writes 10 more things. And sometimes it'll take him up to like 50, 60, 70 things to write. But something about thankfulness 
and expressing gratitude and turning our attention toward those things that are right rather than obsessing over all the things that are wrong can really just change our focus. And that's something that this psalm is calling us to do. It's calling us into worship. But again, not just a worship assembly. It's calling us into a lifestyle of worship, an attitude of worship. Worship the Lord wherever you are. Give thanks in all circumstances. Be joyful. Let people see the light of Christ on your face and in your attitude and how you deal with adversity, how you serve, and how you love your neighbors. This is the way of Christ. The psalm has a lot to say. So that's my challenge. The second thing I want you to do, I want you to commit to doing this now. Put a reminder on your phone. Write this down in a place where you'll see it. Stick it on your bathroom mirror, maybe. But start every day this week by reading Psalm 100. Let this be the first thing you do. And not just looking at it, but I want you to say it out loud. I want you to hear these imperatives. Worship. Give thanks. Before you check your phone, before you make your coffee, say out loud the words that have, have nourished and blessed so many people for so long. I'm on vacation, so uh, you, I, was, I would normally say call me and, and tell me how it's going or, or send me a text and, and let me know, but I probably have my phone off and I probably won't be in touch with you until I get back. Uh, but work on that. Take Psalm 100 seriously this week and just pay attention to how it transforms your attitude, how it changes your life. If it maybe steers you in a direction that you wouldn't have been because of your circumstances, but um, put this to the test. Take this seriously. It's a form of prayer. It's a form of song. It's a form of reorienting your mind toward the things of Christ. I hope that you'll do this. I hope that it blesses you. Let me close this out in prayer. Lord, we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful that somebody translated it into a language that we understand, that we can, we know. Thank you for these ancient words of wisdom that people have taken seriously for so long. And thank you that they, they mean just as much today as they did back then. And they even take on a new shape and a new meaning because of our hope in Jesus Christ and our close relationship with you. I pray for my, my friends, my brothers and sisters at Tri-Valley, that as they hear the words of Psalm 100, as they read them, as they start their days with them this coming week, that, that your presence will be felt. I believe that you're with us all the time, God, but sometimes we just don't realize it. We're too busy looking over your head or, or at our screens or at the problems to see that you're right there and, and you are with us. So I pray that, that your presence is very, very thick in our lives today and that it's obvious that you care about us and that you know us, that you love us, and that you're here for us. I pray for any of the things that are beyond our control, things that we do tend to focus on that occupy our time. And, and I pray that we can turn those over to you and say, your will be done. Lord, be our, be our warrior, be our strength, be that powerful one that we read about. And uh, with your caring uh, and careful hands, uh, take away our pain, take away our burdens, and um, give us life that truly is life in Jesus Christ. I pray this through his name. Amen.